I wouldn't say to dismiss any idea outright. Try to keep optimistic, keep open. Don't be afraid to say no. Be in a mindset. And you are that gambler that needs the best cards possible. You don't know what the house has, what the other players have. You don't know how the market will react until you, well, play. Welcome to the Product Quest Podcast. Thank you for joining us on our quest to better understand innovation and product strategy. My name is Jan Wermut, and joining me as always, my co-hosts Scott Person and Jonathan Edwards. Today, we will dive deep into the challenges of becoming and being a product manager with Dr. Bart Jaworski. Bart is a senior product manager at StepStone. He has worked, and I should stretch this, as a senior product manager at Microsoft. And he is, I've just seen this today, a LinkedIn top product management voice. So there is a little button there that's very nice. So through his online courses on drbart.com, he has trained over 18,000 people, is it now, I think, in various aspects of product management, from how to land a PM job to running design sprints and much more. So this is going to be super exciting. Bart, welcome to the Product Quest podcast. Great. And thank you for having me. Just it's drbartpm.com. Unless you oh, want oh, oh, to sorry. have a... I think drbart.com is some medical professional, as, as I recall. <laughs> that was already, the URL was already taken. Mm -hmm. It's doc, again, so it's drbart, drbartpm.com. Yeah. Perfect. All right. We'll put it into the description. So can we just jump in at what's what's greatest about being a product manager? Mine. I mean, if, if one looks at your website or your LinkedIn profile, profile, we can clearly see there is a lot of enthusiasm there for being a product manager. But what is this about? Why is it so great for you? Well, it's the ability to touch so many lives without being a politic. It's a <laughs> politician. politician. Yeah. Politic is more of a Polish word. That, that's maybe a joke uh, uh, approach to say, but really when you look at those hundred thousands, millions of people that maybe sometimes appear like numbers in your reporting suit, but those are people that have a real problem that you are solving. You yeah. wouldn't be able to do it on a such a scale without being a product manager that manages specific product. You can help your neighbor with his or her plumbing. You can help your family, but can you connect millions of people together via a call unless you are a product manager at Skype? No, you can. And having this realization that you can shape other people's lives is tremendous. Speaking yeah. of families, I really loved being at Skype when I remember the story of my uh, Chinese friend who used Skype a lot with her parents so that the grandkids can stay connected. And it was very easy because even when uh, the granddaughter was like three, four, she was able to grab the phone without being able to read anything. Just mm. push the Skype icon and there was, there was grandma, there was grandpa. And yeah. even at StepStone, which I really love to work for, for the very reason that at least in the area of business I'm working for. It's all about connecting candidates to the right job. Uh, there's nothing nefarious, nothing um, retail about it. It's, though 
for us, it's like, yes, we have to get those people supplying people who are, our clients are counting on it. That's, that's the business part, but the mission part, the thing that keeps me up and energized at work is well, the fact that people who don't have a job suddenly have a job. And being one of the unlucky hundreds of thousands that were affected by the tech layoffs earlier this year, I know firsthand how difficult a time it is yeah. to look for a job, especially when it's not like, oh, I have had it. I'm like very on in demand in the market. I'll just wait who comes and takes me. That was the case three, four years ago. Now yeah. we are in a quite different reality. Though it's getting better looking by the number of positions available uh, on the market for different positions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you must have first-hand, first-hand insight, <laughs> basically, in the development of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah this it's is true. This is where I have to like hold my horses with the numbers. Though they are here, they are not for me to share. Okay, okay. Well, <laughs> I really love this how you framed this. So, so it's so for me, we've been talking about being a product manager is this changing and touching people's lives, but on a scale that that otherwise wouldn't be possible. And I and I think I really like this mission. I mean, you seem to be very mission driven driven about this, like the the ability to change or positively affect people's life. Well, that's how the best way. This is the best way to get motivated about this job because it. You, you said that a lot of good stuff and optimism on my profile but when you look through the job through the post there's also a lot of challenges a lot of negativity and a lot of typical product management hurdles that you have to go through in order to get anything released like just two or three <laughs> days ago i was reflecting on my linkedin profile with a picture of an iceberg on how the simplest update yeah. needs like a three or four month um head time to to get done because you need to have the design you need to show it to so many people you need to run through every copy every picture there's so much work involved and i'm i'm one i was looking at it and I was like when did my agile become so other polish like I, I didn't even notice like only when, <laughs> when i started reflecting on on the yeah. level of prep needed to provide yeah. quality work and not something put together in two weeks, then it's like, oh, we. Yeah, yeah. So maybe can we dwell a little bit on this? I would, I would really love to. I mean, not just for the sake of being negative, but I mean, I think you, you, you rightly mentioned that there are quite a lot of challenges that you have to deal with as a product manager. So maybe if if somebody would be new to product management, what were some some surprising or or, or Challenges you that didn't think at first that you would have as a product manager? I think that the biggest like obstacle you don't expect is the people you'll be working with. You may be lucky with a lot of supportive developers, managers, higher management who will just push you to be better and to create better stuff, mm. but they might as well be your greatest obstacles where you want to do something, where you feel motivated when you know with your research, your data and your gut feeling that the thing that's on top of your backlog is the thing that will make a difference. Yeah. But if your developers make it hard for you and don't support your mission and you didn't lay the groundwork to have them as supporters or your management suddenly shifts gears and what was 
previously aligned with the product, its vision's mission uh, is no longer even like mm, close to what's expected of you. So it's it's like when I look at my coursework and uh, influencer work, where I'm product manager of my own product, the only thing that I need to manage is myself, my energy levels, and mm, prioritize the yeah. value I bring to myself and my followers versus how much time do I have to commit. And that's like the easiest way to do it. But when you <laughs> add any complexity, and that that's the people I mentioned, that's the technology that might seem straightforward, but when you start dig into it, then a single button change suddenly becomes three hours of work. Fun fact, changing the whole button. Behind. Yeah. yeah, yeah, changing uh, the control buttons on Skype from like a solid color to a gradient literally took three months of work for a single developer. And okay. like, like you, you look at it and like, where did we lose our common sense in it? How, <laughs> this is so difficult and struggling between knowing what has to be done and coping with all the barriers that are there to discourage you, to say the least, can have a toll on you. Even though you, you feel, and you then later see in the numbers that it was worth the effort. Yeah, yeah, that's then ideally the gratification at the end. But I think there's a lot of discipline that goes into, or like you need to not have a, like a marathon attitude to actually survive somehow as, as a PM. But mm -hmm. so, so, I have a like uh, so this is a back of mind theory, but but and I want to test this with you. But I feel like somehow the, maybe the, the term product manager can be a couple of times a little bit misleading. I feel like product managers manage a lot of things. Yes, the product, but also as you mentioned, it's a lot of people management as well. It's a lot of you you said it nicely, like you have to lay a lot of groundwork before you can get anything going. Can you maybe expand a little bit into this and how 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 like that affects your day to day work? Ah uh, well. I learned very quickly that, at least for the development team, the trust is very important. And it will depend from team to team. I've worked with people who were early in their careers and uh, the product manager was all something of a father figure and they were the teenagers that had to rebel. I had been in a position where I had the pleasure to work with true professionals who just took anything I wanted them to do and they would figure it out for me with very little input other than uh, asks, uh, replying to basic questions. And I had a few people, teams in between that, that spectrum. But every time it's about building that uh, confidence into your team that they know that whatever you said, he does data to support it that you as the PM spend a lot of time researching the topic and making sure that they are not wasting time, that the JIRA task or PRD is well written, that they can just take it and get on with it without conversation. I mean, there's always a little conversation needed, but ideally the state of like the document written should be close to where developers can just work on it. In fact, I, I think that my Skype team had a had a joke about it that 
um, I tend to have to do this thing where if I have an idea and I need to put it into backlog just to write it later, I just put the title and, and save it and sometimes I forget about it. And unfortunately, on one occasion, like this solo title ticket made it to a refinement. And I, it was actually it was, not, it was not, no, there was nothing there. And like, uh, and, and, and everyone is looking at this just title. And they say, guys, come on, it's bot. If, if you need the description to understand that, that what, what to do, not solo based yeah. on, on, on title, that means the title is wrong, right? You just need the title. That's all. That would be nice, like just having the description, mm -hmm. just titles, and then developers will know what to do like that. <laughs> but again, it's not only it's not only developers. It's yeah, it's that yeah. data effort really, because you might be in conflict with different types of stakeholders that have different visions of what you should do in your work. Sometimes there will be people who just have some advice or request, sometimes it will be people with real power that will come to you and say that they urgently need anything. And when it comes to battling different opinions, you can't really win with people with higher power unless you have data, unless you have proof to show to these people that whatever they came to you, to you with makes yeah. very little sense in comparison to what you already thought about. Of course, it will not always work. There will be people with strong um, characters that will defy even data. But yeah. I always explain to myself that it's not about being right or wrong. If I want to do my own stuff, I have to be a CEO and have my own company, which I do after hours. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm just being in a luxury position where I'm able to spend some, someone else's money to hopefully create a better product, earn my salary, and get someone a bit more rich. So if someone would prefer to go against my professional experience and invest one's money somewhere else, who am I to defy? I can only do the due diligence and show my best recommendation at the end of the day, right? Sometimes it's difficult and you have to have a very well-built mindset to have this detachment between your content of your backlog and what's ha happening around it. Especially if that stakeholder comes with an obviously bad idea and then you have to sell it to your development team as your own at least this is my strategy because I always thought and I seen it happen that if you paint the management as like people not as competent as they should be in their positions, then they create then you create a boogeyman and nothing that comes from there will be treated with respect. And sometimes those disrespectful requests have good merit and maybe you need to put a little bit more trust in your manager that he, he or she is not in a better position that you, that you are, especially in the biggest of orgs. And this is something you can expect when working in Google, Meta, Microsoft. The, the big corporate game is out there and you just need to accept that maybe you're not a pawn, but nothing more than a bishop, really.
on a whole emission of product management. Yeah, that's nice. Jonathan, you're... Uh... I had a question relating to data. You talked about proving your assertions with data. Could you maybe run us through what that looks like? What what does that mean to uh, to do that? I would split that into two sections, really. The opportunity where you are able to determine how many users of clients are facing the problem that you want to solve. So, so there's... There's this pool of opportunity where you can potentially provide value, whatever that means for your product. And the other part would be to assess the end impact. That can be done by seeing how similar solutions worked with your competitors or in different parts of your product. Sometimes it's pretty simple when you have like an iOS and Android apps and one app is, one platform is doing one experiment, knows the results and the other can then duplicate the solution on their platform knowing very firmly what the impact will be. But honestly, in 40, 50% of cases, it will be just a pure guesstimation, finger in the wind and you're trying your best because you have a certain focus, you have a certain area of uh, improvement to provide and you just gamble (laughs) that money given to find a solution. The situation where you have all the data and the numbers needed to have perfectly number-driven prioritization of your backlog are far, a few and far between. So unfortunately, that's not always super scientific, but at the, at the same time, there's not a framework that's scientific like Moscow or any other that tries to quant- quantify different parameters of um, prioritization and still remains reliable and makes it easy to obtain every numbers. It's just a matter of um, trying to guess it. And for that, I always appreciated the value of a chart as the prioritization method, where you take different solutions, different tasks that you want to bring. You can mix it up with bugs or technical improvements. And then you assess the value and the effort needed to deliver specific items against one another. So it's not numerical, but it's relative, which paints a nice picture of what should be done next just by looking for your uh, most value, least ever um, project that also comes with the lowest amount of risk that uh, it won't work the way, the way you intended it to. So that's like a, the chart then becomes 3D. So usually the risk is not there, but it's something to also consider. And unfortunately, any new bet, any new feature, any new update is always in the end unknown. I can see that very often when I do postings on, on LinkedIn. My main strategy usually evolves around finding a image or a format that worked for some other creator and brought thousands of likes or any other like 
quality metric. And sometimes I'm able to replicate the success by writing something similar or creating similar image or using the same image with more product management oriented uh, content. And sometimes it simply the, the, the success is not replicable. Like with a post I did yesterday on superpowers and the shadows, which the original, uh, I think it was Peter Young who posted the one that I was inspired by, got 5,000 uh, likes and my re-edition, which for all terms and purposes would have caught the same type of audience, same attention and uh, and by not plagiarizing, but like keeping the inspiration and uh, showing the original source didn't work out the same way. So it's always a big product casino and you need to play until you win. Big product casino. I like that. <laughs> it's like you're, you can place your bets, but who knows where the ball is going to fall really? Like, <laughs> okay. Scott, did you want to? Yeah, I have sort of a similar question. I hope it's not too similar, but this this is what's in my mind. You know, as a product manager, especially with software products, you get lots of suggestions. You get lots of emails. Add this feature, add that feature, you know. Uh, so I sort I basically serve that role as a product manager role myself with some software that we have. And often my immediate reaction is just like, no, you know, I, I think of every reason not to do it. Um but what's your process? You know, so an idea come an idea comes in, somebody suggested it could come from any stakeholder, it could come from a user. What happened? How do you evaluate that? What happens next? Well, it is very similar because it starts with obviously giving yourself some time to evaluate the idea. And I understand the urge of saying, no, no, that, that doesn't make sense, especially that you live in a world that's already sort of sorted, you have ideas what you want to do, you want to go through with it, and every distraction like this is pretty irritating, isn't it? You, yes. you just want to do your stuff and not hear thousands of heads exactly. that are that, that, that appear smarter than you and thinking that they know better. And let's, let's uh, play around with that product casino reference, because uh, it's really another vector of information that you get with any any idea. You can go with like this product route to evaluate whether it's um, compatible with the mission, vision of the product, the st current strategy, uh, whether um, we have some data to indicate its potential success or not. Or we can just have a big magnetic drawing board next to one another uh, next to next to you and just put another idea and try to prioritize this versus anything else you have in the back and by all means i wouldn't say to dismiss any idea i'll try try to keep optimistic keep open don't be afraid to say no just be in a mindset where you know that you don't know nothing and you are that gambler that needs the best cards possible. You don't know what the house has, what the other players have. You don't know how the market will react until you, you well, play. Though, unlike poker or any other gam gambling game, you do have the advantage of 
mm, a game where you don't deliver the exact thing that you want to deliver, but something small, close enough, the so-called MVP, minimum viable product, maybe a PLC, uh, uh, proof of concept. Wow, it's getting late and I'm losing my abbreviations. Anyway, you can look for a cheap way to see if the direction you're taking is the right one. And perhaps your stakeholder idea that feels risky, that doesn't feel right in terms of what you're doing of stuff that you worked on for weeks, months, uh, that you feel like should go forward. Maybe there is an easy way to see if this is a good idea without having data. Maybe put a fake button on the product to see if it garners attention or send a questionnaire to the users whether they are interested in or take an opportunity of um, a product discovery process where you talk to your users on a regular basis and you try to uh, get a wind of some of the ideas that came along and are like in this verification phase. So there's a lot of work to be done to play around with the right prioritization. And if you have time, you can make the time and you can cancel enough meetings to put your heart fully in the prioritization product management game. The, the, the product casino can be very entertaining and bring you ideas and directions you would have never thought of on your own. I love I really this like idea that. of the product casino and the gambling metaphor. Why? Because it illustrates that it's, the risk never goes to zero. Like there's still always, you know, you might have confidence, you might have various levels of confidence, um, but you at some point there is, it's every decision still has a risk with it. Just like a gambler, there's no guarantee. A gambler is not going to win all the time. Uh, they hopefully win most of the time, but but there's snake high school eventually never goes away you know and, and it's not the, with this idea of you know evaluating the feature it's often not that the the thought at least from my perspective it's not that well this feature will be terrible and everybody will hate it it's like well each feature adds some degree of complexity some degree something else that can fail something else that might interfere with there's some cost to it um and so uh, to me, that's that's the thing that's hard to evaluate. Is it worth this? It's not like you add the feature, then all the users leave. But in any one decision probably doesn't kill the thing. But if you just if you're too liberal about taking everything, you just create this mess, you create this disaster o over time. Yeah, and that is actually a big risk with being a product manager that you can have the best solution that you spend months working on and then a disastrous uh, launch can kill the whole project that otherwise would have been super successful or you can make a poor copy choices that will confuse the users and the work will never work the way it was intended to i always have the picture of the first iphone in front of me when I when I talk about it, mm -hmm. because iPhone, other than the glass uh, screen, was an innovation at all. It was technology that was already there on the market in various 
shapes of form. And even Apple, in the form of Apple Newton, had so, something of a smartphone already on the market at some point. But it took all the technology that was needed, pushed to almost like, I don't want to say perfection, because I never liked iPhones to begin with, and I <laughs> hardly ever had one. But it was a situation where the whole was greater than the sum of its parts. And unless you can pull over greater than some of its parts moment on your product, you run the risk of the smallest details derailing your big efforts. And that's very often nicely visible in the world of gaming where a bad monetization scheme or a poor server performance on launch will kill otherwise enjoyable game. So, yeah. It's not a position, a product manager position for the fate of heart. <laughs> your your story, it's it's funny. I, I I had the as you were describing it before you mentioned the iPhone. The iPhone is also the product that came to mind. But let me explain why. It's like if you go back to like the generation three. I mean, it's hard to remember pr prior to having the lightning connection. There was this connection that was about three centimeters wide, maybe not quite that wide, two and a half centimeters wide. And I remember when they when Apple went from that one that was two and a half centimeters wide to lightning, as a user, I hated it. Why? Because I had all these chargers and I had all these. So they literally did something that I hated. And if you would have given me, if I would have filled out a form and I said, this is terrible. Now I can't use all my charging cords and blah, blah. But clearly with a, but so the product manager, had to take a bit of a risk at, hey, here's something our users are not going to like. It's not going to provide immediate benefit, but in the long run, you know, it's smaller. I, I don't know. I, I presume there's some there's some data exchange, there's some efficiency, there's some there's some functional benefit. I presume, but I think that's interesting in what in that you, you'd say the product manager is not for the faint of heart. In that case, some product manager had to make a decision that was not going to be popular. Yet in the long run, they could see the vision where it would be ultimately better. Um, and and then they would just sort of have to take the arrows. They play place to bet. And you just have to wait for another. You sort of have to take those arrows and shots while it plays out before the users come around to, oh, yeah, I do see it's better now, if that makes sense. Well, you're talking about changing the lightning port from the older version to the smaller version. But yes. It, it re, I, I immediately remember when they removed the jack port from yes, iPhone. That, oh, like, yeah. Oh, yes. why exactly. are they doing it? <laughs> yeah. or I, I'm still and having... This is it anymore, so... <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a Mac user. I had a Mac for six months, and every time I had to use it, I felt like entering a competition of throwing laptops into the garden. Uh, and... Oh, you have to say that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, but uh, it, it's it's not that it's bad computer. It's just it's no. different than a PC. And if you used your PC since MS DOS, then like every little thing irritates you because it's different. Yes. But uh, what I was leading to is that the philosophy of nice design led to like a single USB C port on a on a Mac, and then you see all those like colleagues that enjoy Macs and also have to enjoy all the peripherals in order to I don't know connect. Uh, the projector or, or anything like it's like a beautiful laptop with a spider connected to it 
Um, regarding the uh, the choice of these different features, do you have you heard and tried maybe this uh, you know shape up this um, this technique from the guys at Basecamp? They wrote a book. Um, so Ryan Singer, they wrote a book where they 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 describe a bit what you were saying before, talking about a casino that you you'll have you'll break down some 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 feature or whatever kind of request you get you break it down and then um basically the team will bet if i remember correctly on on the, the, the what they would like to work on what they feel is the most important and there's a whole it's a there's a whole technique is this something you you've applied yourself or no no i i really like the value of a chart for the reason for the reason it's simple it doesn't require you to find any numbers uh, because more often than not, those numbers will be BS anyway. And it's pretty transparent to everyone in the room who's playing that, that, that game. And it, it gives a lot of visible and easy to follow discussion. So whenever I need to do it in a communal way, I find it that it's, it's simply the easiest. And I never looked for anything better but thank you for the recommendation i'll definitely check it out especially that um, base cam is pretty close to my heart knowing that that's like what 12 guys who made base camp and they managed to run a very successful task business for all the time with very few people and at the same time using Basecamp in my first startup, I always found it very useful and like mature software. So this is a big success story and something that can, by evidence, show you that perhaps they are on they are on to something, and we don't need companies of thousands in order to run a simple website. Yeah, I think they're a good proof that I mean something they did very 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 mm -hmm. right. Uh, but I want to get into a little bit. I mean, it sounds like there is, like, what what's a good good recipe to to bake a PM basically, right? So it sounds like a little bit you need a little bit of luck. There is never, or you never have the certainty, but you need a lot of other things as well. You need kind of people management skills. You probably need something like technical knowledge. What do you kind of? What are the ingredients that make up a good a good PM? I would start with communication. If people mm -hmm. can understand you, they can follow your narrative, and you know whom and when to talk to and how to talk to them. That makes it that makes it so much easier because you suddenly get fans of you who want to help you out, that they understand your position, they see the opportunity. And because much of product management is people management in different shapes and forms. It's, hmm. it's the key skill really to have. And it's a skill that's naturally evolving as you go along. And I particularly had a lot of fun when I came back to Stepstone after three-year break and I was given my old account back so I could see my old emails. Ooh. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I, when I saw, even when I saw my last like goodbye email, oh, it, it was like I thought a kindergarten wrote it. Like the choice of words, the, the weird grammar. I mean, back then I was like, oh, that's the pinnacle of my writing. It's my farewell email. I need to, I need to like do my best. 
Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I did my best back then, but oh boy, <laughs> did it, it didn't stand the. Um, what's the, what's the phrase? Um, it, it it didn't age well. Ugh. Yeah, but, but I think <laughs> I think if if you're if you're not ashamed of stuff that you've written a couple of years ago, you did something wrong. Like then you, you stopped <laughs> developing. I think like there is an issue. I mean, that's kind of if you look back something and something you wrote five years ago, and I think. There's no way I could have said it better. That's a bad sign, I think. Five months ago, five years ago. <laughs> who's talking about between Between you and me, and that's like top secret, please don't tell anyone. Never tell anybody. Yeah. Some of my posts are being reposted on LinkedIn like every three, four months. And sometimes when I go back to a successful post and before I post it, I do like a proofreading again. It's like, oh my God, what were I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and it's just because... Like natural evolution, daily writing, and and like playing that. Let's get better communicating game. You see how much worse one has been previously. Yeah. So the communication was one thing. The the leadership thing is another connected to it. And I think that if you are able to inspire your developers to tell them your perspective and motivate those people in spite of you not being the real manager, like not the person who decides their promotions, bonuses, then it's it also gets much easier. Mm. Being comfortable with data is very important. So you know, know where to look for data, how to interpret it, how to ask yourself the right questions before looking at yeah. the numbers. Sometimes it's about simple questions and answers and not digging in digging into it too deep because it's a rabbit hole. Sometimes it's about get getting yeah. the smallest detail right so you don't arrive at the wrong conclusions. Yeah. So yeah, that's data analysis. I won't say tech because there's I think it's I was a <laughs> That would have been my question, of course, like the follow-up, like what kind of development stuff, blah, blah, blah. But okay, why not then? Uh, because you are not about developing technology really as a product manager. You're about developing solutions. And you don't really need to be focused on how things are done. It's about focusing on how things look in the end and whether they work as intended or they need additional work. Of course, it's not about like one day you are in the field and putting grain on the earth and the another day you are a technological leader. You still need to invest time in understanding the language, understanding the principles, but only for the communication sake, really, to know how your devs work and what are their struggles so you can communicate those struggles further along if you need to. But you shouldn't be like an architect. You shouldn't need to understand how to code code well or even how to be a good designer. I'm particularly struggling with design very often when I do something for myself. But you, as a product manager, you're basically the brains of the whole operation in terms of getting as much vectors and inputs to your brain or your backlog or other system as, as possible. And then yeah. based on all that you received, ca ca come up with the best possible 
uh, end game plan for it and other project management plan as in how to split a task uh, to be delivered to production sprint by sprint, more like how to split a solution into iteration that will uh, progressively reinforce the fact that you are investing in the right thing and getting the results that you are looking for. Yeah. I'd like just to echo that point because that's one of the more, you know, you get into these LinkedIn arguments sometimes. This issue you just brought up or, you, or Jan just brought up and you answered, do you have to be technical? Do you have to be a developer to be a product manager? I have the same position you do that no, you don't have to be one. You don't have to have that super in-depth knowledge, but there are definite, but that's one of the points that people really take issue with what, I, what I've said. Here's an observation I've made. Well, the folks who, people who say, no, you do have to be a developer, they're usually, they're, I'd say always people who they, they themselves were developers and became product managers. And therefore they're like, everybody has to take the same path I do. But I think for those people, their temptation is to get, to keep doing development. Like they have to keep out of it. Another, another thing I see is people that are in sales or marketing, they become product managers and then they have their temptation is to now they want to go on sales calls. Now they want to just stay in the sales role all the time. And in each, it's like, I think there are lots of valid paths to, to product management. And I think the, the fallacy some make is whatever individual path they happen to have, they, they say everybody has to have it. But I love what you framed up when Jan asked, what were the key skills? You began with communication, yeah. leadership. Uh, being comfortable with data and being um, have um, being analytical, if I can sort of interpret what you said, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I totally agree. Those are far more important than any in-depth technical skills you might have. It's, I just wanted to sort of reiterate it because I see mm -hmm. that point debated a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. On my YouTube channel, there's like a lot of videos on how to get from one position to product manager. Yeah, and like the common theme there is like strip yourself of your old position mm. because it will hinder you ah. i came from like project management background yeah. where i evolved into like a junior pm project manager in a startup where there were few people and you had to be really strict and like make sure that everything was done right and check every little detail and when i moved on to a more mature company like stepstone i still was like micromanaging and checking everything right until i had the right agile coach that basically held me to my t-shirt and held me far from the team so I can isolate myself, see that things will happen without me breathing over the necks and like show me that I'm failing at thinking about strategy, thinking about long-term product development, which I arguably started those skills from zero back then. And it took me a few long years to be comfortable with both mm, firefighting and like planting forests to keep the analogy <laughs> i really like this i mean it, i think it's a constant battle also to to, to i mean I'm, I'm far from having experience as a pm but i've <laughs> i kind of see them from the outside and i think there is this 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 tendency to go back where you're comfortable right where and that's yeah. probably where you've been where you're coming from so where you're, <laughs> what you've known in the past and so that's why i love how you emphasize it's 
Like one step to get into the PM world is you have to strip yourself exactly of that because otherwise you will always you will always have that tendency probably to fall back on on what you know and it, it's probably not going to work or not all the time at least. And it's even worse if you are like a senior designer that has that evolved to a PM and then yeah. he yeah. or she has uh, this person's own designers who are probably more junior and then it's like this frustration oh, I could have done a better design this is so bad <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. and you have to hold your own t-shirt and just point this person to like a better solution so your man T can can evolve and the, you you have time to do your new job and that uh, do the old job as well at the same time oh it's it's pretty difficult to keep professional <laughs> so i think get i mean landing a pm job is a big topic also one that 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 you speak about and that, that you have courses i think courses on and, and there's a lot of on your youtube channel as well that you can dive in so i mean but i i want like why is it so hard why is that so difficult it seems like pm is one of those uh kind of hot jobs to have ux is maybe one but uh, so why is it so difficult to to land one what does it take and where where where, where you can help well this is a classical paradox of um of looking for a 20 year old secretary of 30 years of experience that <laughs> you really that employers look for people with product experience already and um this is understandable. As I said, we are really like in very like basic foundational level of our work, taking someone's money to transform it via coding into, into more money. So you don't want to invest in someone who doesn't yet know what he or she is doing, right? You, you want a person who already had that experience. Mm -hmm. So it's very rare that someone is so amazed with some with a person that comes to an interview without proper experience that lands the job. So how to compensate? I would say that there are two tracks to do that. The long way and the unicorn way. The long way is obviously doing those development, design, QA mm, jobs, something around the agile team, around the product owner, product manager, where you have the exposition, where you can help this person, where you can mm, volunteer to replace the PM or PO when they go for holidays. And there is just a day where you go to HR or your manager and say that this is like the thing that you would like to do long term. How do we make it happen? And with the right track record, this will eventually happen if the company has um, openings for PM and they can see that you've done the work. Uh, if not, then it's time to find another company that will be willing to eventually give you the opportunity if that's the goal. Yeah. The unicorn track is where you are able to amaze the person on the interview by what you've done to become a product manager. That obviously is reading books, articles, following people like myself, taking courses. But I believe that the most important thing is to demonstrate that you do have the experience without landing the role. 
You can do that by either utilizing product management principles in a role you're currently occupying and being able to frame it as such using the right language on the resume or just mm. take and create your own product. Uh, you don't need to be a coder. You can simply do, say, create a social media account and give yourself a goal of having, I don't know, 1,000, 2,000 followers. Same for, I don't know, YouTube video, blog, and then apply the principles of learning and adjusting, trying different things until you reach the goal. Fundamentally, the work of a PM that you need to demonstrate as your experience is setting a goal, having a hypothesis to reach it, and then trying and learning until you reach the goal and, and then being able to talk about the journey and how it panned out. On my YouTube channel, there's a story of an influencer on a Chinese social platform who started her work based on my calls and her efforts on how to how to apply those PM mm -hmm. principles on her social media channel. And she managed managed to get that uh, job as a PM. Now she's already mid PM. I I believe no no longer a junior though. It's already been three years, so it's so it's the right time. And um, the unicorn track also has like a mm, less unicorn track, so to say, uh, when <laughs> you apply for internships or like yeah. um, pretty junior roles where you probably are not expected to already have significant experience, but. They usually want people with experience anyway, but yeah. the, the bar is lower there. And especially if you are able to show that you're living, breathing product management and you have some, your, your successes on your own, perfect. What yeah. doesn't work yeah. and what I think is a um, common line in the industry are the certificates or MBAs. Maybe in India, if you have an MBA in product management specifically, but they, they have some the MBA tracks like that, perhaps someone will be willing to bat an eye and invite you to an interview. But say product school, the certificate, though they claim otherwise, it's, it's worthless in terms of getting you the first call on a resume. I mean, just mm. any any product management certificate won't be the determining factor if for you to get a call or not, maybe for the internship. But what intern will invest $5,000 in, in a course, right? So I, I think that all that is taught I think I know for a fact because I, I <laughs> I've specifically had an opportunity to 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 inspect that particular organization. It can be found in cheaper courses, even for free in the internet, just not in a like a cohesive one narration and like uh, cause and effect way. And it you don't need. And to to like invest thousands of dollars to get the position, you just need to invest time. You just need to 
take a leap of faith and create something of your own and have the journey of success or failure, that's also okay, to present. And that might just work out for your unicorn journey, but at the same time, it will also help you with your long journey uh, the, the long track journey, right? It's you, yeah. you will be still able to go to an internal interview and tell whoever you'll be talking to about all you've learned and how you applied it already, plus demonstrate on how you work with the current PM as it was. Yeah. I love this emphasis on, on it. I mean, it's you have to prove, but there are different ways, but you have to bring proof of experience in a certain, but there mm -hmm. is. You, but you can have that without the corporate context. Of that course. and be the unicorn or like, something like it. Like my calls that is, what, 30, 20 times cheaper than, than the product school ones is built in a way where I make sure that you understand the principles, you know how things work and what is your role as the PM. And then it all ends up with a, it's called a mini course on how to, you, you, take all those things that you've learned and apply it to your mini product. So you have something to show on your resume. You have something to talk about. Well, other thing that I really don't like as a proof of experience that people put a lot of emphasis on sometimes is doing, um, how do you call them? It's like home exercises. Uh, ah, like but but when you apply them, so when you take Practical. them home. No, 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 no. And like when you have like a product problem on your own and you just do it at home, like like if try to figure it out, but not as a part of the recruitment process, but for your own. And then okay. like like a portfolio of case studies. I think it's... Ah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah so... Like, yeah, Figma like, case studies or something. Like mm -hmm. people who have a portfolio. Yeah, and for me, it's like having a um, job uh, mock, a job interview support group. It's cool that you sit together and ask yourself questions, but you don't have the uh, insights to correct one another, right? You don't know what the, what those people, what the people in the real job interview will will want and what should be corrected, unless you have someone with experience in the room to tell you what you're doing wrong then you're, you're basically having an AI learning from uh, AI's uh, content. I want to emphasize this. So so just you mentioned like in there your course, but like can we? I think it's a very important one. I, I So there, there's a couple of courses that you provide and one of them is really this. I mean, you take people through throughout a journey of how they can apply and help them basically do, do a first mini project on their own so they have something to show. Can you? Yes. Right? So... Can you like where can people learn more about these courses? Uh, where should where should I point them to? I mean, I, we talked about your LinkedIn profile, but but where should people go? So there's LinkedIn so, profile, YouTube channel, where else? And basically, www.dr.bartpm.com. You, you have everything there you need. And yeah. if you have any questions, I'm pretty known to reply to any every message I get on LinkedIn, and I'm pretty good at replying on LinkedIn messages and I'm pretty poor at replying to emails. This? Like there's, I've, you, you mentioned this, that you, it, you mentioned this on your website where you came every kind of thing, every uh, quest is going to be, a question is going to be answered if you take the course. How on earth do you do this? 
two days. People who don't reply for messages did some good work for me and people don't expect me to reply. So the few brave people who actually reach out <laughs> are always surprised to get an answer. Yeah. I will admit that some of them are templates because, well, if I get the same question several times, I can just use the templates. But if you, if very often it's a specific problem. And uh, for my course students, I also... Uh, for free help them with like um, recruitment assignments and those are like very bespoke and specific and a lot of things are bespoke and specific but are they are quick to answer when when you know what to say and if the question is repeating itself 10 20 50 times then there's always a handful handy article i've already written or a handy youtube yeah. video that i i can just show and it doesn't require that much brain power and time to be helpful and be be there for people as another human being yeah no chat gpt involved <laughs> <laughs> Well, Barn, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, this has been a pleasure. I think we'll put all of this in the description. So we'll have links in the description, of course, that point to your website and, and your LinkedIn profile. Uh, anything else that you want to send out to the PMs and and then all the other guys that are listening to the Product Quest podcast? Hmm. Well, keep high spirits and remember that at the end of the day, no one ends, no one dies during the deadline, right? It's just <laughs> keep, keep positive and don't let it get to you because there's so much fun and so much good things about product management. And even if things are tough, then you still have one of the greatest jobs in the world. And as I said, remember about the user remember about those thousands millions of people you're touching uh, every day and even if there's a grumpy developer in the room or management becomes absurdly chaotic and you don't know what's going on there's at least one little kid that takes your product and is like yeah thank you <laughs> do it for this kid that's awesome. a perfect place to end this. So thank you very much, Bart. And that concludes today's Product Quest podcast. So please send any comments or ideas for future shows to productquestpodcast at gmail.com and see you next time. Gunder is beaming. Is beaming in Star Wars? No, no, no. I don't think... It's both. It's beam me up or energize. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>